It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. It's better than indoor plumbing. It's better than electricity. It's better than the thermos bottle. That's right. It's the 2017 Matt Talk Online Digital Fan Guide Division One Preview. Simply calling it the guide. Over 200 pages digitally delivered to you March 14th. Pre-sale. Pre-orders available now, matttalkonline.com slash fanguide17. Listening to this show, you will get $5 off if you use the offer code PODCAST. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Offer code when you buy it at matttalkonline.com slash fanguide17. Over 200 pages of facts, stats, history. Every single wrestler competing in St. Louis, every single score all season long. History, four-time All-Americans, three-time national champions. Who's got the most All-Americans all-time? Which coach has the most titles? How do they rank top 10? Everything in this guide, digitally delivered, optimized for your tablet and iPad, but it works just fine on your computer. And if you feel like going to Kinko's, you can print it out. It's going to be a lot of paper. But anyway, retailing at nineteen ninety-nine. you listen to this show, this show, and any show on the Mad Talk Podcast Network with regularity, use the promo code. I'm going to say it really lightly now. Podcast. Yep. Use podcast. That way I know you're listening. You'll save five bucks. It is worth it. ESPN loves it. You've heard my sound bites on other shows about how much Adam Amin used this thing when he was the ESPN. I'm going to stop belaboring the point right now, and we'll get to our show. But matttalkonline.com slash fanguide17, the guide. This thing, the most unbelievable Division One preview guide ever assembled, and it just keeps getting better every year. You'll want it for your fantasy contests. You'll want it for your knowledge bombs. You'll want it sitting there in the arena going, okay, hey, how's who's this guy? Boom, there he goes. Also got tweet your, your direct social media stuff right to it. There's It's an interactive guide. You'll be able to pop up a podcast that's, that's related to who's going on and what's going on. You just... You, You'll want to get this. MattTalkOnline.com slash FanGuide17, promo code podcast. Save yourself five bucks. You will not regret it. You've always got time for short time. Hey, it's Warren Lopez. David Taylor. Fred Metcalf. Johnny Hendrick. Tony Ramos. Bubba J. Mike Gold. Matthew Modine. The one and only Chael Sonnen. And you are listening to the one and only Short Time Wrestling Podcast by the often imitated and never duplicated Jason Bryant. Now up on the Short Time Wrestling Podcast, we are talking 
Wrestling rivalries, we're talking this, and this rivalry here actually transcends the sport of wrestling. This is actually more known as a football rivalry. But anytime Army and Navy mix it up with one another, it is going to be something that, that gets people fired up. And whether you're, you're an Army guy, you're a Navy guy, and actually athletically, uh, Coach Ward, we have to make sure Army West Point athletically is the, uh, the new signage. As we're joined today by Army West Point head coach Kevin Ward, U.S. Naval Academy head coach Joel Sherritt. We're talking Army-Navy coming up February 19th, 2 p.m. in West Point, New York at Crystal Arena. First of all, I'm going to start with Coach Ward. Welcome back to the Short Time Wrestling Podcast. Well, I appreciate it, Jason. It's good to be back here with you. And Joel, your first appearance. Welcome to the program, sir. Thanks, Jason. Look forward to being a part of your program today. So historically, for for those who are unaware about the Army-Navy rivalry when it comes to wrestling and because of Army-Navy, I'm just sorry, Kevin, your admins, I'm just going to have to be dropping the West Point, at least for conversational purposes. But I have mentioned Army-West Point everything all year, so we can get that out of the way. But this is the 61st meeting between the schools. And um, Coach Sheraton, the Naval Academy has a decided advantage here, 49-6-5. So uh, there, there seems to be an expectation that Navy should beat Army every year in wrestling. Well, certainly. I mean, I would guess that's probably both teams going into it, but uh, the Naval Academy has a long, long history of tradition uh, and a lot of success uh, in this, you know, one sport rivalry. Now, Coach Ward, when you get hired three years ago, how much did beating Navy come up in, in terms of the goals of the program? Um, I think it depends who you talk to about it. Uh, I mean, it's something that, you know, I mean, it definitely gets mentioned. You, you can't pretend that's not a big deal because it is. Um, there's a lot of people that care a lot about this competition, um, you know, just across the athletic departments, not just in wrestling. So, hey, it's a competition. It's a rivalry that means a lot to a lot of people. So I think if you're the head coach and it doesn't mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to everyone else, you're not really doing them any justice. So, no, there's no doubt it's important to a lot of people, so it means it has to be important to me as well. Let's start back with with Coach Sherritt because uh, this is your first time on the program. Let's get a little backstory. You're from Minnesota. You wrestled at Iowa, and then when you got into coaching, you first surfaced at the Service Academy under, under Bruce Burnett at the Naval Academy before leaving to become the head coach at Air Force before returning as the head coach at Navy. Uh, what was enticing about that first assistant job when you were at the Naval Academy the first time? Well, you know, I grew up on the south side of Minneapolis there, went to school, uh, same high school as Jason Ness, Dylan Ness, Marty Morgan, you know, four NCAA champions, four NCAA championships coming out of Bloomington Kennedy, went went to Iowa, had a great opportunity down there under Coach Gable. Um, and when I left Iowa City, um, you know, when I really took my first true full-time coaching job here at the Naval Academy, it was a, it was a special thing because the – the sport of wrestling means so much to what our graduates do. Uh, for instance, in the last three years since I've come back, you know, our graduates, we've produced 13 Navy SEAL candidates, 12 Marine Corps ground candidates, four pilots, uh, one sub guy, and a couple logistics guys. So um, what we do has real relevant uh, impact on what they're going to do when they leave the Naval Academy to go on and serve our country. So it's really a, a neat place to be when your sport ties directly to what these guys are going to do in their careers. So the opportunity arises to apply for the Air Force Academy job out in Colorado Springs. How much of that that military, that that service academy mindset really said, you know what, I, I really think that this is where I need to be coaching in the Air Force opportunity is to talk about why, why that opportunity was, was, was the right fit for, for you at the time. Well, as a young coach, you know, I was, I, I had looked at a few other opportunities, but 
you know, I had a great job. Um, I had a good job and I was looking for a great job to have that opportunity to lead and be a head coach. Um, Colorado Springs was a nice environment for my family. Um, my college roommate was one of the national team coaches at USA Wrestling. Uh, I had a lot of support within the USA Wrestling family out there in the Olympic Training Center. So it was a great opportunity for me to take my first head coaching opportunity. Um, you know, and I met with Bruce on it at the time. And, you know, obviously it was a, a tough decision, but but a good decision for me nonetheless. Um, you know, and then ultimately returning to Navy, there was some, you know, some different things here structurally um, that allowed me to, to make the transition back and, and uh, do a few more things than what I was able to do in Colorado Springs. How much more prepared were you to be the head coach now at Navy after going through a service academy, even though it was a, a different service entirely? But going, being a head coach prepares you for being a head coach, if that makes any sense. How much did Air Force prepare you for your, your job back at Navy? Uh, no doubt. I mean, every year I try and be a better coach, you know, and that's, you know, eight more years of experience, especially as the head coach. Um, you know, if you've never been a head coach, there's different things that are involved and, you know, leading and managing people. Um, that's one thing that's a little bit different. Uh, you know, when you're managing your assistant coaches, you're dealing with the alumni, you're dealing with fundraising, uh, you're dealing with all those different pieces of, of the program. Uh, my experience at Air Force certainly gave me a, you know, a big advantage versus had I just stayed at Navy as an assistant coach um, for 14 years and then moved up to being a head coach if that opportunity had presented itself. Coach Ward, you've got a little bit of a different backstory. In fact, uh, quite the opposite. You're coming from Tennessee, and instead of wrestling in Iowa like Mr. Sherritt, you're wrestling at Oklahoma State. So we've got uh, a, a complete polar opposite in terms of uh, collegiate styles and collegiate uh, traditions, both very, very good, both at the very top of, of college wrestling in terms of the, the wrestling lore. Then your first head coaching job comes at a Division II program in Arkansas, <laughs> of all places in uh, Wachita Baptist. Uh, you finished fourth in the country of the highest. You were national coach of the year. What was it about going from a division two school, getting your feet wet to now I'm now the head coach at one of the, the biggest service academies in the world. Um, yeah, well, you know, I wouldn't say I never went into coaching at, at Wachita Baptist with the idea of getting my feet wet. I thought it was a, uh, an incredible opportunity and I really wasn't looking to leave there. Even when I did, I wasn't unhappy. We had, a really good team and, and very close relationship with all the guys on the team. So it was never my plan to get my feet wet and then find something bigger and better. Um, but, you know, when I found out they were looking for a coach here and, and I talked to some people about it, I had some familiarity with, with West Point um, and, uh, and thought I had a pretty good idea about it, uh, about the academy, what it stands for, um, the personality of, of the people that are here. Uh, and, and, and when as I took a closer look, you know, I think what – what really made the difference is just really falling in love with, um, you know, with, with the guys on the team here. And, and you can't help but really respect them and appreciate them when you're around them. Um, but just to be able to coach somewhere where you feel like, you know, the values of the institution align with your values that you have for yourself and, and a place where you think character and integrity are really important and, and you feel no pressure to sacrifice those sorts of things. Um, you know, ultimately, it, it was a good fit for me personally, a good fit for my family and timing-wise. It was just an opportunity that uh, that at the time I just couldn't say no to. What was the most unique thing you had to deal with as as a head coach at a service academy that you you didn't have at Wachita and what you hadn't seen from your your coaches at Oklahoma State? Oh my gosh, that could change every day. To be honest with you, uh, there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of intricacies to coaching at a place like West Point. 
Um, but I'll be honest with you. I mean, I came in with an open mind, kind of um, the way I approach a lot of things that I don't know is I, I just kind of expect the worst and, and be ready to roll with, you know, whatever happens. Um, there's some unique things that, uh, that happen here, there's no doubt. Um, that's a really good question, Jason. Um, what is the most unique thing? Um, like I said, it would, it would probably change day to day. You know, the more you learn about the place and you learn things new every single day that you're here, um, that could change on a day-to-day basis. I'll just say this. There's no shortage of surprises and, and things that come your way that maybe you weren't expecting. Um, so, you know, you got to approach it the same way you do the sport of wrestling. you got to expect the unexpected and, and, and be ready for whatever comes your way. Uh, Coach Sharon, I'm going to fire the same question kind of at you. I mean, you've been in the Service Academy world longer, but what were some things that you know, kind of opened your eyes about how things are different at a Service Academy versus, you know, your other traditional Division One type of institution? Uh, I think, uh, you know, having come back to Navy, I think one of the things that has surprised me is really the lack of limitations, you know, that uh, everybody out there thinks that the service academies are so restrictive and it's so hard to be successful. And it's really, it's not true. It's an incredible college education with an incredible, incredible division one wrestling opportunity. And any, any young man who's academically qualified to go to the Naval Academy that wants to get a division one academic degree, you know, a true academic degree, you know, uh, aerospace engineering, uh, you know, any of our other engineering degrees, our economics degree, anything that you're going to get a degree in here is going to be a real degree that's going to prepare you for life. Couple that with the Division One opportunity that we give you to compete nationwide. Um, really, the lifestyle here is very unrestrictive in, you know, you're going to be studying and you're going to be wrestling. And, and, and no matter where you went to school, if you're pursuing big boy academics and big boy wrestling, um, you know, this place offers you, you know, every opportunity in the world for that. I like that big boy academics and big boy wrestling. I'm going to, I'm going to have to steal that one from you. <laughs> coach Ward. Now coming back to this, cause uh, you, you know, not, not to poke fun at coach Sherritt's yeah. age by any means, but uh, you're, you're younger than coach Sherritt is. And we're in a, in a generation now with, you know, with, with conflicts overseas, we, you know, I'm not going to make this a political discussion about where our, our government are, are putting troops overseas and whatnot. But when you go into somebody's house, and, you know, with coming up and, you know, you and I are, are similar in age brackets. So we, we kind of came through at the same time. And when parents are saying, oh, well, I don't want my kid to go to war. I mean, what are some of the things you have to dispel right away from uh, the recruits parents that when you you knock on their door saying, hey, I'm from West Point, we would like, you know, we're, we're interested in you. You've got the grades, that type of stuff. I mean, that's 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 a very real concern for parents these days. Yeah, there's no doubt, um, and that's to be expected, and, and you do get those types of questions, um, you know, and, and to be fair, you know, that's, you know, I, I think any parent would want to ask those questions. Um, you know, here, here's the truth about it, you know, is, hey, listen, there's there's 17 different branches of the Army that you can go into when you graduate from West Point. Um, everyone thinks, you know, what you see in the Army is what you see in the movies, but there's 17 different branches, just a few of them are what they're called combat arms. Um, so, um, the options when you graduate from West Point, you know, are so unlimited. It's not, you're not restricted into being, you know, uh, a ground trooper, an infantry soldier, unless that's what you want to do, you can go do it. Um, here's the reality is whatever branch that you select and our cadets, they get an opportunity to, to select the branch that they go into when they graduate, you know, is, is that our guys have the confidence of knowing whatever it is they choose to go do, they're going to be the most prepared and the most well-trained person at doing that in the world. 
right? They're going to get the, the full power um, uh, of the United States Army behind them and preparing them to do their job. So whatever job it is that they choose to do and they're sent to go do, they're going to be the most prepared person in the world to go do it. Um, you know, and, and, and I think there's no organization, you know, outside that, you know, that could really um, say the same thing, you know, outside of the, the graduates from the service academy, you know, is that they're going to be so well prepared and so well trained to go do whatever it is that they decide to go do. Yeah, Coach Sherrod, how has that conversation worked for you going working in two different branches of, of the service academies? Well, uh, number one, I'll tell you, I was here at the Naval Academy during 9-11 when the 9-11 strikes happened. And I thought, oh, my goodness, we're not going to be able to get a kid to come to the Naval Academy because, you know, who, who knew what the state of the world was going to be at that time? And uh, And I can tell you since that time, the applications to the academies have only gone up. You know, we have 14,000 applicants every year for 11, for 1,150 spots. Um, so from that standpoint, um, it, it's really a, a highly competitive entrance opportunity. Um, so we're able, to, we're able to go out and find some of the very best wrestlers in the country and help um, provide them an opportunity to get into an institution that's extremely competitive, as competitive as any other Ivy League school out there. So um, going in and talking to mom and dad, sure, there's, you know, there's, there's risk involved in, in some of our career opportunities. But, you know, when you talk to mom and dad, it's also, you know, there's risk. I feel much better being in any career field in any of the United States military than, than really probably going to the Super Bowl. You know, I wouldn't, I would not feel comfortable sitting in, you know, a big 80,000 seat stadium right now. I mean, that that's a target in the world right now. And that's unfortunately, part of the world that we live in, but you know, our guys, our guys know the training that they go through starting here at the Naval Academy, preparing them for every leadership opportunity, every leadership challenge that they might face when they're in the military. Um, you know, that's what, that's what this sport does. We had a guy who graduated in 2004, Travis Mannion. They have the Travis Mannion foundation now. And, uh, you know, the, the mantra of that organization is if not me, then who, and and that was something that Travis lived by going forward when he went out when he went out to serve. Hey, who's more prepared than me? I'm the guy that should have the ball to take the shot in the last three seconds of the game. I'm the guy that should lead this fire team into this fight because I'm the most prepared our country has. And that's what our guys think. One thing, Coach Chair, you've done, and I remember this from my time in Colorado Springs, is you worked with combatives with within the academy, teaching uh, other cadets and other people within the school uh, different types of hand-to-hand combat. Uh, one, uh, what was what was that like at the Air Force Academy? And two, have you done any of that at the Naval Academy since you've returned? Yeah, actually, that whole vein of my career started when I was here at the Naval Academy. Right after 9-11, I was friends with a... Uh, a MARSOC Marine Colonel named George Bristol. Um, and right after 9-11 happened, uh, I knew I was a wrestling coach. That was my that was my calling in life, not to be a United States Marine. Uh, but I wanted to give back in some way that was relevant. And so I started volunteering my time and going down to Quantico, Virginia, and, and putting some of their elite guys through some, you know, wrestling workouts, some ground fighting workouts. Uh, when I transitioned to Air Force, I picked up part of the program there uh, as their curriculum out there grew and evolved. I had an opportunity when I was with the Air Force Academy to go over to Iraq in 2011 um, and work with some of our troops over there. That was a, an amazing honor for me to be a part of that trip. And really to do that and be a part of it really, you know, 
I think help my guys know that, Hey, you know, I'm not just asking you guys to do this. I had an opportunity that I took it, you know, as a, as a civilian volunteer took the opportunity, went over there and, and spent a little bit of time with our boys over there, putting them through some, some different trainings and some different positions. Uh, and since I've been back, I still maintain a great relationship with the Marine Corps. I go down to Quantico, Virginia in the summertime, two times a year and put their elite guys through uh, a little drill down there in Quantico as they go through their uh, Marine Corps martial arts instructor trainer course. Coach Ward, you had any experiences like that since you've been, been in Army? No, you know, I, I think that's a fantastic story, by the way. I, I just listened to Joel's story. I think that's fantastic, being able to be involved in so many ways. Um, you know, in, in my uh, my two and a half years here, somehow I found, um, you know, myself busy enough just trying to be a wrestling coach. Um, I haven't had uh, those opportunities. I think that's fantastic, though. And, um, but, no, I, I stick to just wrestling coaching right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not going to work on the combatives just yet. You've got, uh, you've got titles to win. Now, as we look at... Coach Ward, your perspective from the Army-Navy rivalry. Let's take wrestling out of it. And as you go in to take a job at Army West Point, there I said it, Army West Point, you go in to take that job, and, you know, the first football game rolls around. How does how does the campus transform when it's Army-Navy football week? And how have, how do the other coaches in other sports try to try to kind of, you know, borrow that 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 history that goes, you know, they may not have to work that hard to borrowing the history because it's there. But when when you first experienced an Army Navy weekend, you're like, wow, okay, this this is something unlike any other sport sporting rivalry. Yeah, you know, it really is. And it's something that you got a, an appreciation for and you think you have an understanding of from the outside looking in. Um, but I think probably for any sport, you don't really understand it until you're a part of it, you know, until you actually have the opportunity and the privilege to be a part of that rivalry. Um, but there's no, there, I mean, there is no denying, you know, when it, when it comes around, especially to the football game, right. Cause it's so big, um, you know, the feel, the atmosphere on campus changes. And actually um, I wasn't able to go to any of the football games until this year. So this year is my first time actually going to the football game. Uh, what an incredible atmosphere. And, and um, it's just, it's so unique because it, it's so intense. Um, but there's a shared respect, you know, from two different teams. I'm talking about any sport, two different teams that absolutely, you know, just want to rip the other team's head off, right? They want to win so bad. Um, but at the same time, there's a shared mutual respect, um, knowing that they could potentially be teammates, you know, together in the future. Uh, it's a really unique atmosphere. I mean, I think that it's, it's everything that's really good and pure, you know, about college athletics and rivalries. Um, and uh, just fortunate enough to, you know, to be a part of a rivalry that means so much to so many people. Um, it's hard to put into words, you know, how unique it is. Um, but, uh, I can tell you, you know, it's a lot of fun to be, to be able to be a part of it. Pretty fun experience. Now let's compare that to experiences that both of you had again, sticking with coach Ward first. How does it compare to Oklahoma state, Iowa wrestling? Sure. You know, and, and this is something I've, I've talked about quite a few times, right? So, um, when I was, uh, at Oklahoma state, we had good teams and we were winning and, and, and won pretty much everything. And there were big rivalries with, you know, Oklahoma State and, and, and OU or Oklahoma State, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, whoever it was, those are intense, you know, fun, intense rivalries. But I'll tell you, nothing compares to the intensity um, and I think just um, the competitiveness of, you know, the, the, the Army West Point versus Navy wrestling rivalry. I, I think it's a different type of intensity. Um there's certainly some similarities there, but I think that this rivalry is the most fun rivalry that I've ever been a part of just because of how competitive it is. 
Coach Sherritt, you've kind of got that, that, you know, obviously you're the other side of the coin being an Iowa guy and, and wrestling under Gable in that re- that respect. What does that rivalry compare to the Army Army West Point Navy rivalry mean? I mean, what are the similarities and comparisons from your viewpoint? Well, I'll tell you, the, the Army-Navy rivalry is a true institutional rivalry where, you know, the same thing, same set of circumstances from 1990 to 1995. During my time at Iowa, we lost one time, you know, to Oklahoma State in the national finals. And and uh, it was really pretty much if you're the number one team, your rival that year was whoever the number two team was. And and that was that was your team rivalry for the year that you had to beat that team to win it. And, uh, you know, so it changed for us from from Oklahoma State a few years, Minnesota one year, Penn State, Ohio State. You know, it moved around a little bit. Um, you know, and, and there was always those competitive, competitive rivalries in the dual meets, but this is an institutional thing where, you know, you come in on Monday morning of army Navy week and it's down to the janitor, you know, the guy, the guy who helps take care of our office space, you walk in on Monday morning and that guy knows it's army Navy week. And, uh, it's a big deal. It comes down to everybody. And it's, it's the whole institution. It's the letterhead on every notepad in the office. It's the, it's the weights in the weight room. It's every time you turn a corner, it's go Navy, beat Army. And, and that's, that's institutional. That's not, that's not Army-Navy football. That's not Army-Navy tennis. That's not just Army-Navy wrestling. It's institutional commitment. Now, one thing that you, your two institutions have done, and that this is something that's unique to the service academies, is a tournament this year was hosted at Navy, the All Academies Championships, which brings Army, Navy, Air Force, along with the other service academies and military academies, VMI and the Citadel in Division One, and also Division Three schools, Norwich, um, Merchant Marine Academy, and the Coast Guard Academy. Uh, first of all, Coach Sherritt, you've been around that tournament uh, for a lot longer than, than Coach Ward has, but what, when you first go into this thing and say, okay, we got all the service academies, I mean, what is the All Academies Championship like, and, and what's that experience like you know, as, as, a, as a coach? You know, it's really a special thing to be a part of. It's such a neat, neat thing that you get all the service academies together. Uh, and I can tell you examples where those relationships, unbeknownst even to the people competing, um, they they transcend time, they transcend schools. And when, you, when you're out there working, um, you know, jointly, and pretty much all of the American efforts worldwide now are, are joint efforts, you know, it, it's a powerful thing to see where these guys pass will cross again five years, seven years, 10 years out. And, uh, and, and the respect gained in a seven minute match is amazing. Allowing, allowing guys to come back. You know, we had a three-star general alumni of our program, John Sattler. He was a Marine general led the evasion into Fallujah. Um, he was one of the awards presenters this year for the all Academy championship. Uh, the commandant of midshipmen giving him an opportunity to interact with, with the teams there, just, just an awesome opportunity to share a little bit of each host institution's culture uh, because the tournament rotates, you know, it rotates among, you know, primarily among the big three or four academies. Um, but it also in two years, is going to be at Norwich, which, you know, their 200th year at school, hundred years of wrestling at Norwich. It's going to be a great opportunity for all of us to go up there and, and help highlight that institution. Um, and, you know, and celebrate their history and success. 
Yeah, Coach Ward, you've been on the winning end the last two years, the first time in program history that Army West Point had won back-to-back All-Academy championships. And what is your take on on the All-Academy championships from a perspective of wrestling in the Big 12 where uh, you know, mainly uh, the tournaments you wrestle, you wrestle you know, the scuffle and, and things like that, and or Reno, whereas a small eight-team tournament, that that's probably something you didn't get a whole lot of exposure to until you got into Division Two. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, even in division two, you know, we've wrestled a lot of open tournaments and, and you know how those are, you know, you got 30 something guys in a bracket. I think that, uh, an eight man tournament is a really good idea. I think the sport needs more of them. I really like the idea of a tournament that gets done, you know, in in half a day. Um, but you know, back to your question about specifically the all academies, you know, I would, I would probably echo, you know, Joel's comments there in, in that, um, it's a unique event, right? And that, you know, Hey, all these people made a decision, um, to go where they're at. They made a decision to serve, um, and, and wrestling is part of their journey on, uh, on their path to doing that. Um, so a chance for them to be able to, um, compete against each other, you know, I think it's just a, it's a unique thing. It's a, it's a special event in, in that terms and that you've got these guys that, that chose to do something, you know, above average, they chose to do something that they think is exceptional. Um, and they get to use wrestling to help develop them along the way. And uh, for a chance for them to share a gym and compete against each other, um, I think is a unique opportunity. It's something that's fun to be a part of, uh, you know, and I think there's a shared respect among all the, the service academies at, at that competition. So, no, I appreciate the event for what it is. And, um, you know, it's, it, we've been fortunate to, uh, to win the event the past two years. Um, but, again, I, I, you know, I just think it's a, it's a special event. And it's good to be able to highlight you know, the individuals on the team and hopefully that the wrestlers that are there that are competing, you know, get the bulk of the attention um, that comes from all academies because they're really what makes the tournament great and they're really who the tournament should be about or the individuals that are out there competing. Coach Sherrick, going to shift the conversation over to the makeup of your coaching staffs because uh, when you look at the coaching staff and, and you think Service Academy, you look, okay, there's probably going to be some guys that have some military experience. Now, if you look at the staffs, uh, Joel, in your case, Nate Engel was a member of the Army's world-class athlete program, uh, was not a Division One athlete, did wrestle in the NAIA, and then went Greco for a while uh, through Northern Michigan in the senior level. And you've got two Chattanooga alums, Cody Cleveland and Lloyd Rogers, where uh, Coach Ward has two Oklahoma State alums and Chris Chianuman, Austin Marsden, and a Penn State guy, Brian Pearsall. So moving back to Coach Sherritt here, uh, the makeup of your staff and, and with the Service Academy, I mean, it, it's different, it's dynamic, and it's it, it looks to be kind of a typical in the the landscape of Division One programs, I mean, you've got some all you've got you know Cody Cleveland was an All American, and you got Nate with a Greco background, so it seems very very different than what most Division One coaches uh, makeups look like. Uh, I think if you look at the results that these guys are producing, you know, our, we have a great staff. Uh, they work incredibly well with the guys, and you know, Nate Engel was you know two time U.S. Open you know finalist right behind Spencer Mango on making a team, so. Um, I, I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't put Nate in the back seat behind anybody as far as uh, competition accolades. Uh, Cody Cleveland's accolades speak for themselves as far as being on the podium at the NCAA tournament. Lloyd Rogers, I think, really you know was committed to wrestling uh, and grew a ton after after college. Uh, you know, went up to Iowa City and wrestled with the Hawkeye Wrestling Club for five years. Uh, was on top of the podium as a university national champ. So I think, you know, we, we have some other efforts going on here in Annapolis that, uh, you know, outside of just the college room that those guys bring, bring a strong flavor to, um, you know, for the people, you know, competing and wrestling here in Annapolis. But um, from the Naval Academy standpoint, our guys benefit from, 
you know, guys from 125, 150, 175, um, you know, that we got a great balance on our coaching staff. Um, we got, you know, four guys that are 100% committed to developing every guy on the team in any way possible they can. And that's, that's always been a winning recipe from any program I've been around. Yeah, and, and I guess it's got to be kind of conflicted for Nate, who was in the Army, coached at Air Force, and coached at Navy. I mean, where does this guy's alliances sit, man? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're firmly where they are right now. Uh, I just say that because uh, Nate's been a good friend for a long time and uh, and somebody who uh, comes out here to Minnesota to recruit to Minnesota State Tournament as well. So, uh, you know, it's your old stomping ground. So I'm sure people are like, hey, what's Joel Sherrod up to? But uh, Coach Ward, your situation, you got a couple guys from a school you know pretty well, Oklahoma State, Chris Chianuma and Austin Mars and Brian Pearsall from Penn State. So you've got a Penn Stater on your staff with a bunch of Cowboys. How is that working? I know it. Somehow we figure out a way to make it work. Um, no, it's, it's going well. I, I think that um... – we have a coaching staff with good chemistry. I think we all complement each other pretty well as far as personality-wise. Um, but there's no doubt, you know, so, so Chris was my assistant for a year um, at Washtenaw Baptist. And then when I, when I took over here at, uh, at West Point, Chris uh, took over as the head coach at Washtenaw Baptist. And then I went and grabbed him and brought him here with me. So, um, so not only, you know, am I familiar with the background um, that Chris has, you know, coming from Oklahoma State, then we coached together for a year at Washtenaw Baptist, and now we're back together again up here at West Point. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, you mentioned Pearsall. You know, Brian was my first hire when, when I started here and, and hired on as a volunteer assistant and proved pretty quickly that, you know, he's got a lot of potential in this profession and, really has a desire to coach and wants to help people and is really good at what he does. So as soon as we had a chance to move him from the volunteer into the full-time assistant position, that was pretty much a no-brainer. And then we're fortunate enough, you know, this last summer to be able to go grab um, somebody else that's made a, a pretty big impact in a hurry with Austin Marzen, who's our volunteer assistant. So um, another Oklahoma State guy, and it just kind of worked out that way that, um, you know, and here's a heavyweight, you know, a big guy that could really wrestle, you know, and on the podium a couple times at the national tournament. Um, you know, and, and we work well together. And I think an interesting thing with our team is, you know, with, with, um, you know, with me and Brian and, um, and Chris, you know, with us three together, we've either been on, you know, NCAA championship teams, um, you know, and Chris was a national champion when he was at Lindenwood, um, before he transferred to Oklahoma state. So it's just a unique combination of, of guys with different personalities, with different backgrounds, but shared, you know, always being part of a winning culture, um, wrestling through high school and college. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of fun to see those things come together and, and we've got a good relationship and, and, and they all work very well with the guys on our team and really happy with the progress that we've made since we've been together. You'll notice that Iowa and Oklahoma State are two programs that have a lot of alumni as head coaches at the Division One level and even even down to the Division Two and Division Three level. Uh, Coach Sherrod, I'll start with you uh, as, as being the senior member of this podcast. When you look at the number of Hawkeye alums that are head coaches, is it something about going through the program that has wired uh, so many of its wrestlers to want to be coaches and, and be successful at the Division One level? I mean, what do you think uh, the reason is that there are so many former Hawkeyes as head coaches around Division One? Well, I think one thing uh, for sure is Coach Gable did a great job recruiting people that were selflessly committed to winning a championship. Um, there wasn't a lot of guys on full ride scholarships within our program. And, and, and he found the guys who really had uh, not just accolades, but they had a burning desire to be champions uh, and to share that culture that we had. Um, and so those, those teams and those team members, you know, that, 
that I was on those teams with. It doesn't surprise me because Terry and Troy Steiner, two of the most selfless guys I know, Jimmy Zaleski, um, there wasn't a day, you know, there wasn't an hour in the day that he wouldn't get up and come meet you in the morning to drill or an hour at night that he wouldn't come in and, and help work on something after a dual meet if you were struggling in a skill area. So um, really all the guys that I know, you know, the, the old school guys, Barry Davis, Jimmy, Dwayne Goldman, um, all those guys out there, Jay Robinson, um, to, to the new school guys, Tom Brands, you know, Tom Ryan, everybody that's out there doing it right now. Um, just all, all were really capable of putting the team, the team above themselves and, and doing what they had to do. You know, Troy Steiner going down from 142 down to 134 as a defending national champ. That's a, that's a big test of character. And that was, that was the kind of guys that make up championship teams uh, and they'll make up championship coaches because they, they'll give to the team what they need um, to be successful. Kevin, kind of the same question as it relates to uh, wrestling under John Smith, and you've got you know a handful of Oklahoma State alumni who are head coaches around the country. I guess it's the same question there. I mean, how did Coach Smith prepare his wrestlers to be coaches one day? Yeah, you know that's a good question. I'm not sure if it was always that way where where Oklahoma State grads were were branching out into the coaching tree and and, and taking jobs. Um, I think that's kind of exploded maybe over the last few years. Um, guys just kind of started working their way up, and 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 guys are out there as assistants, but. You know, that's something I've thought a lot about because, um, you know, I wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go with my life when I graduated from college. So um, it wasn't like I grew up always knowing I was going to be a Division One head coach. Um, and uh, But I can tell you this, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, the older I get and the further separate I am from, you know, when I was, you know, both an athlete and a grad assistant there working for Coach Smith, you know, the more I can appreciate what I learned from the guy. Um, and, you know, and it's, Mainly, I think it's what you're exposed to while you're there, you know, and it, it's probably similar to, you know, what Joel said about his days at Iowa. There's such a high standard, and you can't – there's no way to get around it. You know, you can't hide from it. Um, there's a high standard, and, and you're expected to win at all times. So I think just being exposed to that culture and a coach that holds so holds you accountable to a high standard and absolutely never will compromise um, for any reason – you know, hey, here's the standard, and um, and here's what you're expected to do, and uh, we're going to hold people accountable to doing it. I think just being around that culture, um, you know, for the people that want to help other people when they get done, you know, if you've got, you know, kind of a heart to want to help other people, you know, you find out pretty quick, hey, you know, I learned a lot there, and I can make a positive impact in other people's lives if I just apply, you know, what I learned, you know, in my time being an athlete and a coach there at a program like Oklahoma State. So, you know, I think people realize that when they get done, they say, hey, I'm really good at this. You know, it's what I know best, and I want to help other people. And, and what's the best way for me to help other people personally? For me, it was to get into coaching. So, um, like I said, you know, I, I don't even think at the time I graduated, I had an appreciation for how much I learned, you know, and the impact that being a part of that culture had. I think the older I get, the more separated I am from it, you know, the more I appreciate it. But, again, it just all goes back to the culture that you're a part of, which, you know, isn't one thing. It's a thousand things, you know. So, you can't pinpoint one or two things that, that make, you know, guys that come from those programs good coaches. I think it's everything that goes into it. Coach Sherrick, talking about the rivalry here as we finish up the regular season going into the EIWA championships, which both you schools, uh, both schools are members of. Last duel of the year, and this is something that can, – can this duel be the catalyst for a good EIWA championships, or can, can it be something that's like, oh, man, it, it can really shake you up prior going into EIWAs? 
No, I think if you look at big-time wrestling, this is a great opportunity for both schools uh, because it prepares our guys for the highest level of competition. And and you look at what Penn State and Oklahoma State are getting ready for as far as the, the national dual series. Um, you know, neither one of these programs, you know, would be qualified for that national championship dual meet final tourna- uh, tournament culmination there. So it's a great opportunity to, to really put a little yoke of pressure on these guys to get them ready. Um, to get them ready where, you know, you got seven minutes and, and the results count. And uh, and that's the way that's the way you got to be thinking when you're going into the, the postseason. You're not going to get a second chance at this one. So so make sure you're ready to go. Make your seven minutes of opportunity count. Go out there, compete smart, compete in your positions, and, you know, find ways to make, make things happen. I'm going to start stoking this fire a little bit because I want to go back to 2015, which is the year Army uh, snapped, uh, I believe it was a 17-, 18-year losing streak. And uh, Joel, Nate told me about the uh, a little bit about the bus ride in terms of uh, how disappointed, I guess maybe even angry, uh, a performance when you when you have a bad performance in it against Army. How much does that fire you up on that ride home and be like, all right, nobody's talking right now. Everybody shut up. <laughs> I might be paraphrasing. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the Army-Navy match isn't just another dual meet. Our guys clearly understand that. You know, 2000, 2015, just coming back, um, I think we had some cultural things that 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 we were working on, um, that we, we had some great young men in the program, uh, but maybe a little bit more of a mercenary approach and not a complete team approach where every single guy had to pull his weight, had to pull his oar in the boat. And uh, and right now our guys understand that. So our culture is very strong, very unified in our commitment. They know exactly what our what our standards are, what our objectives are, and how we plan on getting there. So um, at the time, I think there was just a little bit of frustration for a lack of understanding exactly what that dual meet meant. And Coach Ward, you came into this, you know, at relatively new in your career with this rapping and getting to steal a win right away. And the Navy won last year, but now, as far as you're concerned, this is a this rivalry's one-one on your watch. So, what what are you taking into uh, this weekend's dual meet at home that kind of kind of maybe want to give Coach Sherrod another one of those really angry bus rides back home? Yeah, well, I can tell you, I probably said something pretty similar on our bus ride home last year. So. Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, and then here's the deal. It's not just another dual meet. And, you know, when you get out there, yeah, there's 10 matches and it's one team versus another. And, you know, it looks like, you know, the mat's the same size, um, but it means more and and you're a fool to pretend that it doesn't, um, the dual meet means more. And Hey, there's a lot of people that are going to be watching that maybe don't watch a lot of wrestling, but they're still going to be pay attention to this one. So, um, for those reasons, it makes it a lot of fun, you know, and if you're a true competitor and, and, and you want to compete, then these things are a lot of fun for you. If you're afraid to compete, you know, this competition could be a nightmare because it's intense. Um, but, um, you know, I think for us, you know, yeah, uh, I guess my, my personal record is one and one in the dual meets, but you know what, what I'll tell my guys, you know, is, Hey, you're responsible for your seven minutes when you get out there and that's it. You're not responsible for any win loss record. You're not responsible for his, you're responsible for your seven minutes when you get out there. Um, and that's what you're going to have to look back on, you know, is, Hey, do you do everything that you can to give you and your team the best chance to win? So, you know, for us, it's, it's a focus on that. And, um, and again, it's, you know, this dual meet means more and you can't pretend that it doesn't. So, you know, I think our guys embrace that. They're excited about it. I know I certainly am. And, and I'm sure their coaching staff is as well. It's just a fun rivalry, uh, to be a part of with, you know, I can tell you, we got, 
so much respect for the, for the other side in this dual meet, you know, and, and, and so much respect for their guys and their coaching staff and how they do things. I mean, they're tough, they're really good. Uh, we know it's going to be competitive, and you're fortunate enough to be able to be in a rivalry like that. And, you know, a lot of schools aren't. There's a lot of kids out there that never know what it's like to have a rivalry like this. So I think we approach it as something we feel fortunate to be a part of and something we want to bring out the best in us. Last thing I want to touch on, as these two teams have met every year since 1957, again, the 61st meeting coming up Saturday, uh, Sunday, February 19th, 2 p.m., Crystal Arena in West Point. And we've seen it on the football games about the pranks. Coach Sherritt, uh, has wrestling been a part of any any Army-Navy pranks over the years, or is that just kind of kind of sitting with the football <laughs> tradition there? Uh, you know, really kind of the football weekends really have the big emphasis on the spirit missions where they – you know, they're doing a flyover on one of the Spirit schools. mission. Okay, that's how you guys change the, the yeah. terminology. Spirit mission, not prank. Yeah. Doesn't sound so bad. The videos then, that huh? are coming out from both sides, that sort of stuff. You know, by the by the time, uh, you know, the winter sports are here, I mean, it's really kind of folk- the, the, the academy at large here is focused on, you know, their schoolwork and producing the right results and we're, you know, we're pretty close to our postseason competition. So it's a, it's a little bit different time frame. So most of the most of the spirit mission stuff is focused on the uh, the football game. Now, any any of your former wrestlers involved in some of those football spirit missions that ended up being uh, quite comical? Uh, you know, our guys have gotten a great a great amount of uh, airtime as far as uh, being you know proud and loud supporters of the football team. They have a little area that they call the pit. It's a uh, you know it's a pretty rowdy group of midshipmen that are you know stirring on the rest of the brigade to be spirited supporters of the team you know the the cno was up there with them this year a little bit uh the commandant of the academy has been up in there with the guys two years ago they were you know in sports illustrated during the ohio state football game so so our guys support the team very strongly and uh and our football team's done a great job reciprocating that support for us coach ward same question experiences that are similar to the spirit missions not pranks spirit missions for uh, your, your yeah, standing. I would, I, I would say um, if there's any of our guys involved, they're all uh, very covert, clandestine operations. Jason, we might be able to tell you about it, but um, <laughs> might have to kill you. So. Better That's, save you from that one. If that, our guys are involved, it's a it's a covert secret operation yeah that is that is above uh that's above my pay grade and, and not my clearance level so uh anyway yeah. the I match well. <laughs> coming up 2 p.m sunday february 19th at west points crystal arena coach joel sherritt coach kevin ward talking about army navy last thing i want to ask you is it coach sherritt is it easier for you to say something nice about army than it is for you to say something nice about oklahoma state oh. <laughs> um you know, I've always wanted to compete against both of them. I've always been in a competitive situation against both. So so it's a very unique opportunity. You know, when I took the job here at Navy uh, way back when as an assistant, Chuck Barbie happened to be the head coach at the time who was, uh, was also an Oklahoma State wrestler that wrestled one of my college roommates in the NCAA finals. So it's, uh, so it's an interesting, interesting thing, kind of the, the paradigm that I've always had with, you know, both Oklahoma State and, and Army. So it's uh, – it's great. It's much easier to say something great about Army. You know, we're, the, their graduates are going on to serve our country. They're going to serve side by side, you know, shoulder to shoulder with our guys somewhere along the way. Um, so, you know, look forward to a competitive opportunity. They got, they got a strong group of seniors on their team, and I wish them nothing but the best as they, you know, accept their commission here in May uh, and go on to serve our country with our guys. So much easier, obviously, about Army. 
Coach Ward, same question, man, because, uh, you know, an Army guy saying something nice about a Navy guy during Army-Navy week, that, that might be a tough sell. Same with uh, the, the whole Oklahoma State-Iowa thing. Your turn. Yeah, you did record that, right? Uh, no, I'm just yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it, it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, um, how can you not have an, a respect and an appreciation for, um, for, you know, what the wrestlers at the Naval Academy Really, all of them, you know, for for any student there. But I'm going to talk about the wrestling team. How can you not have, you know, a respect and an appreciation for what they decided to do? Um, you want to beat them because of of the school they chose to go to to, to pursue that path. But um, how can you not have a, a huge amount of respect for what they're doing now, for what they're going through, and ultimately what they're going to do for you and I? You know, when they graduate, it's just um, there's no doubt it's a lot easier to, to say something easier, you know, uh, friendlier about the, the wrestlers at the Naval Academy. And, um, you know what, we, we want to beat them. We want to beat them bad when they come here on Sunday. And then, you know, when, when these guys graduate, uh, and they go on to serve their country, you know, we, when they're teammates someday, we wish them the very best and have the utmost respect for what they're going to do for us. There you have it, Joel Sherritt, Kevin Ward, two of the nicest guys in the sport of wrestling, too. You know, Joel's at, Joel's still got that intense uh, mentality from his days in Minnesota and Iowa. And, you know, making sure that uh, the the right type of inflection with the military sound when he's barking out instructions. You know, I'm, I'm glad to finally uh, got Joel on the program. Of course, Coach Ward, Kevin, actually, real quick story. And this is one of the few things that I have uh, relationship-wise with Kevin Ward. So, I am uh, I'm taking a year off from college. Um, I'm actually it was a semester off, so uh, I was I was living back home. So it was would have been year four, and uh, at the, at the time I was not exactly the most stellar uh, academic student. So year four, I'm going out to Blacksburg to Virginia Tech quite quite often. My my high school teammate Mike Akers was wrestling out there. I knew guys on the team. Um, as a matter of fact, I broke Chris Martin's chandelier. Uh, one particular evening, but that's another story entirely. So uh, I'm 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 actually staying with Akers. And his roommate was Scott Justice, who you remember was the one seed in 2002 who had uh, just the disastrous collapse. And uh, the unfortunate thing about Scott, and and he was from rival Grundy. So you had a Pocosin guy with Acres and, and a Grundy guy, uh, Justice, living in the same place. And that's like, you know, in the wrestling cultures in Virginia, that was like oil and water. Well, uh, Akers was one of my good friends from high school. And I, I really got to know Scott Justice over the years. And Scott, I, I'm not sure what he's doing. I think he's a SEAL. But you want to talk about a salt of the earth, awesome human being. One of the one of the best individuals as people I've ever met was Scott Justice, which was uh, you know really painful to watch what happened to him in 2002 and 2000. You know he was around a 12 2003, but uh, you know I mean he's he he was he, he was so talented and that back injury just really really crushed him to his career. But uh, Scott's doing great things defending our country. Kind of fitting that we're talking about uh, Army Navy and I'm mentioning uh, such a uh, such an incredible human being like Scott Justice. Well, anyway. So I'm in I'm in Blacksburg. I'm at Tech, and this is uh, the the uh, Keith Moreland's coaching in, in that era. And I'm I'm you know I'm in college. I'm 21 years old. I'm out there. I'm having fun. You can kind of figure out what we were doing. And I wake up on the couch, and walking into Justice's apartment are some some guys on a recruiting trip. It was uh, let's see. Without I guess we're all of age now. We can all throw things. You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, trip seed from Western Branch was was there and he, you know he knew exactly who I was from uh uh from from covering him in in Chesapeake he was there Kevin Ward Josh Walker from Stonewall Jackson I think it was just those three and and Walker would end up being a triple A state champ that year so I'm sitting there 
on the couch. I mean, it, it's it's in the afternoon. I'm not feeling too great, uh, as you can probably figure. And I see Trip walk in, and I've known Trip since he was like in the seventh grade. He's now a wrestling coach back in uh, Virginia at Nansman River in Suffolk. Well, I look at him, I go, Tripster, and he's like. Yo, what's up? Like, hey, then, then Ward's just, he's quiet. He's not saying a word. And Walker looks at Tripp and goes, is that the Matt Talk guy? And that was just one of those things. That was the first time I met Kevin Ward. I do have a not-so-similar story with uh, Kent State assistant coach Matt Hill, who uh, ended up playing uh, pool at my house on his recruiting trip uh, to Old Dominion. He eventually, of course, went to Edinburgh and now coaching at Kent State. So uh, I got to meet Kevin Ward way early back on his recruiting trip. I, I, I wonder if I, I wonder if Moreland blames me for being a deterrent on why he didn't go to Virginia Tech. Anyway, so why was I telling you that story? Oh, yeah, that was my Kevin Ward story. That's exactly why I told it. So that's all I got. Nothing too crazy here. And, of course, maybe telling that story and now realizing that he's a coach. Well, the thing is he wasn't partaking in any of this hijinks. So this is the morning after so uh, that I was having the hijinks. So just, uh, you know, Kevin Ward and I, I mean, we're talking 19. Let's see. That was probably 2000. Let's see. I graduated 97. So 98. Yeah, it was uh, 2000, 2001 era. So long time I've known Kevin Ward. And that was the uh, that was the initial meeting. So. I don't have quite that relationship with Joel Sherritt, but uh, I will say his assistant, Nate Engel, and I have been uh, in Denmark and numerous other places uh, talking about wrestling. So uh, I feel like I have a connection to both these programs. You know, good luck to Coach Ward. Good luck to Coach Sherritt. And and just what is a a tremendous all-sports institutional rivalry, as they said, Army-Navy, February 19th in West Point, Crystal Arena. That's all I got for you today. Going to be a busy week. Going to cram another short time in here this week. Big topics to discuss. But right now, Army-Navy. Make sure you're, uh, you're picking a side and rooting for them. Oh, and of course, thank you for spending your time with me because you've always got time for short time. Talk online.com.